Hey, this is Tim Seeley, and you're listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. It's a special event of the Top 5 Comics staff featuring Midnight Tiger. And here to talk about it, we've got The Shake and The Bake, Mike and Curtis. What's up? What's up? We've got the Talladega Knight, Craig. I love you, Ricky Booby. We have the Days of Thunder, CBS. I like control. And we have going real fast and turning left, Rob. <laughs> I'm going to go real fast and turn left. Wrong way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, where is Ross when you need him? All right. He could be Seabiscuit. Yeah, that's a horse race. That's <laughs> still racing. Different kind of thing. He's only got one horsepower. Yay! All right. God. All right, so uh, this would technically be, I guess, well, not technically. This is going to be episode number 40.1 now, new 52. Is that what it is? Point, point new 5240. This is basically 40.1. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, today we're doing Midnight Tiger, issue one, and then a special interview from San Diego Comic Con with uh, Vito Del Sante and uh, Ray Anthony Hyatt, uh, the artist and writer for Midnight Tiger, and Vito Del Sante, uh, who is going to be bringing a stray. Uh, here in the near future, uh, both coming from Action Lab Comics, uh, awesome interview. Uh, both guys, super cool guys. I mean, we, uh, both these books we originally found through Kickstarter, and now they both found ha- homes at Action Lab. And both 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 guys are really really awesome to talk to. And book wise, I mean, it's a fun. I don't know. Both the both books seem to be pretty fun. The first time we went seeing um, Midnight Tiger W was during the Kickstarter campaign for it. And then uh, it was in the free comic book day action lab book, the zero issue, or, or I guess it would be zero for yeah. Midnight technically, Tiger. for Midnight Tiger, it was the, it was a zero, right? Uh, but it also featured um, Skyward. Uh, yeah, Skyward. Mm. It also featured Skyward in, in mm, its pages. It has Fracture in it too, I think. I can't remember mm. if Fracture was in there or not. Oh, cool. Might have been. I think so. Fracture was the one from the year before that, so be surprised if it wasn't in the second one. Anyway. Um, do we have? Is there anything else to go over at the beginning of the show? You guys got? You want to go through and uh, what's your favorite? Uh, let's do this real quick. Uh, favorite superhero animal? Animal-based superhero. Animal-based superhero. Such favorite as, animal-based superhero. Such as Black Panther. Something like that. Mm. Rob, you want to go first? Well, Black Panther. <laughs> Panther. Um. So you know what? Actually, I'm gonna go. It's, it's similar, but but not really. I'm gonna go with the White Tiger. Um, I, I like I like the previous incarnation. I haven't really spent a lot of time with the new female incarnation of him, but uh, he drew his power from a mystic amulet that gave him both like a limited invisibility and then kind of like strength of a panther. But he had a lot of like weird mystic stuff that went along with it, and he was. 
one of the early Spanish heroes for Marvel. So, so can it be animal or animal based? I think it can be both, either or. Animal or vegetable? Animal well, name? If I'm going to go with animal as well, I'm going to go with Speedball's cat, Hairball. Hairball! It's uh-huh. a good one. That's what we like. Or were you meaning that it needs to have, like, their power has to be derived from an nah. animal? Animal based character, like Black Panther, or animal? Okay. It's a superhero. The power comes from a... Like Gorilla Grodd. It comes from a panther spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Bulgus will win. Sweet. (laughs) Anyways, continue. Uh, Mike? Werewolf by Night. Hey! That's a good damn call. All right. You can't forget Crypto. That's the truth. He's got superpowers. And don't forget that Detective Ape thing. Detective Chimp? Yeah. Oh, you don't, you, you, don't, you don't get that many, Mike. You need to stop. It's got to take some for the rest of us. I'm going to go with Battle Beast from Invincible, because that guy is insane. Okay. He fights to fight, and that's what he does. <laughs> and uh, God, who's that other one? I was just thinking about him, too. Pit Monkey. Bam. Well, that's good. That's good. From Deadpool. All right. Craig? Uh, man. Russia shot? Oh, I'll go with uh, Bawana Beast and uh, Captain Monk and uh, Detective Chimp. Those are, those are good ones. Bawana Beast is pretty crazy. <laughs> and this hasn't come out yet, but Stray. I really. And the Doberman. Did you ever read that? No. He's a detective who's also a monkey. Well, the chimp is, yeah, but strays. That's God, follow pace, people. Well, I'm saying we haven't seen it, but stray. But there's right. also one called Doberman. Remember, I told you about Dober- it. Oh, right. That looks like Batman. Oh, yeah. The Canine Crusader. Gosh, man. Okay. It's amazing. Different than Doberman. Yeah. Doberman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I have not seen that. Damn it. Sorry. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Out of control. Steve, do you have any? Oh man, you know I don't. I don't know. I I, I like Lockjaw. Oh, I think he's he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, just in general. Yeah. yeah, big transporter. Um, and we right? were just talking about him. He not looks too long giant ago. on that new Miss Marvel cover. Yeah, he does. Oh my he gosh, looks huge. Well, she's kind of. She can change shape, so maybe she. Yeah, but there's a car in front of him too. Uh. <laughs> what about? He's cool. The Rog. I do like Throg also. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll just take two of those. Throg and uh and uh Lockjaw. Lockjaw. <laughs> Thor Frog. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I dig it. Got an obscure one. I don't know oh. if any of you will know who the hell it is, but I remember. Mm. It was an X Men book. They were like animals, people. And one of them was called Saluki. They were no, they were playing actually playing pool. They're standing upright, they're like mm. dogs and are they the people that have been adapted by the uh, alter, or not alter humanite, holy cow, the high evolutionary? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. I just remember it being was in an X-Men book, and they, they weren't a huge part of it. Was it, might have been in the, it might have been in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, okay. uh, I don't know. You know who nobody said? Hmm. Rocket Raccoon. Oh, shit. It's true. <laughs> just because he was too obvious. Too obvious. <laughs> yeah, Everybody. Not to him. 
Everybody likes Rocket Raccoon now. (laughs) We liked Rocket before he was cool. Yeah, Yeah. he was wearing a weird green tunic. Yeah, Yeah. and he was a part of the Asylum Planet with the clowns. That's the one. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy Asylum. Sometimes things come from weird places, and you just have to keep with them until they're cool. I guess so. Here's hope for you, Peter Porker. Oh, man. <laughs> well, he's well, got a Ma- Miles Morhamis, <laughs> the amazing Spider-Ham yeah. from Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> Ridiculous. Hey, how are the ducks coming back? So no. is, uh, so is Peter Porker. These? No, he's, no, he's not. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't hate that movie, though, so I guess I'd be all right with it. Anyway, uh, Midnight Tiger, <laughs> which uh, I am very much a fan of. Um is issue one. Yeah, I, and I, I realize that you know some of it is is the is getting to talk to these guys and like how much strength they put behind it, like how and how you know it's kind of hard to describe it, but they are really really passionate about this world and about this character and it and it bleeds into the book a lot and so. I kind of came into it already kind of being like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I, I wish that they would have included the Zero stuff in issue one, because there were some people who did miss it for free comic book day. Yeah, issue one takes off, boom, right out the gate. Just, he's already doing action stuff. Um, what we've seen from this world is that superhumans are not uncommon. They're common enough that they have uh, their own nickname, which is Amps. Right. And uh, in the Apollo Bay area, amps are pretty uncommon. You barely ever see them. And that was one of the big things that made uh, Midnight Target want to go out and do what he's doing. Because there wasn't a lot of other people that were actually addressing crime, addressing the street gangs and stuff in his area. But we begin this story with a a person who just awakes and awakened to his amp powers. And he like basically... He looked like a bum, and he kind of comes into this bar and starts burning it up, and people inside are, like, freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I did to you. And, like, the whole time he's kind of talking about how, you know, you and your high lives, you know, you don't even remember the people that you walk on. Yeah, he's super pissed, at the, most at the bartender, because apparently the bartender mistreated him. Well, we believe he used to be a supervillain. Yeah, he used to be, like, kind of a hardcore supervillain character. Which is pretty cool. Um, there's some awesome stuff that happens between A and B. Like, he, he well, pretty well trashes the, a lot of that whole building. And then we move pretty quickly into that, into Midnight Tiger, who's out running around doing things. And the way Midnight Tiger works is he's he's still in high school, and uh, the whole setup for him is that his dad doesn't like the idea of him being a hero whatsoever. So it's almost like he's more afraid... Actually, I think Ray actually said this to us. He's more afraid of his dad finding out he's doing superhero stuff than actually fighting bad guys, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, setup-wise, it, I don't know, it's reminiscent of uh, Tim Drake and, uh, like, old-school Spider-Man back when he was living with that May. I want to say in the Zero issue, we we found out that the I think the father wasn't there when the mom had died, and so now it's, like, his big responsibility to, like, keep... Um, Shoot, I had his name just a second ago in my head. And, uh, Gavin? Yes. Shaw? To keep Gavin safe. And so he, he's really big on like making sure that Gavin gets taken care of and that he's not doing anything too risky. Which, being a superhero, 
Yeah. Right. No, no, art's fantastic. I mean, action-wise, there's all these kind of action sequences with him and gang thugs and stuff. And then he gets to his regular day life, and that, like, the way his, his dad is drawn, man, he's freaking awesome. Yeah. It looks so cool. I would love to have uh, Ray do Luke Cage. Yeah. I think if you take his yeah. hair off and make his beard uh, brown yeah. or black, mm-hmm. oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, his, the dad looks awesome, and just in general. He's a good school a student at school, so it's like he's juggling doing all of his schoolwork and classwork and sort of having a personal life and fighting crime at night and keeping a secret from his dad. It's like all at the same time. So he's, you know, as far as like life style, he's pretty well... I don't know, I, I guess he's just super busy. Well, it's kind of starting to rub on his friends here who feel like he's kind of shutting them out of his life. One of the elements that we find in the first story here is that uh, he runs across uh, a kid that used to be one of his friends who's now, you know, kind of like a bully around the school and kind of treating people badly and he, like, winds up pushing him out of the way. So he walks there and, like, his little thugs are with him almost trying to jump him. Like, the old Gavin would have just let that pass. And now Gavin, of course, you know, he's got the power. He could do what he wanted. He could he could stand up to him or fight against him. And we kind of see, like, him having to kind of hold himself back for that. And we find this interesting dynamic between the two, because I guess Gavin and Marcus, I think it is. I think Marcus, I don't remember the name. Um, used to be friends. And evidently Marcus has kind of been sucked into this game, this kind of gang culture, uh, under the fear that his little sister would be attacked and hurt. One of the things they built both in this issue and the previous issue is this uh, gang leader... Stone? Yeah, P-Stone, I think it is. Um, but what we have learned is that Gavin evidently... Some of his abilities give him uh, enhanced strength, agility, and then he has regeneration that's really out there. Like He actually gets shot in the first little battle... And we see over the course of the night, the bullet push out and heal. But he's kind of took it on himself now that he's like, nobody's standing up to crime in this area, so I'm going to go take down this gang. And what we start finding out towards the end of this issue is that uh, the gang leader, this P-Stone guy that everybody's been hearing about, evidently is also an amp. Yeah, he's uh, some type of... It looks like electric powers, but it's hard to say what exactly it is. Because you're basically making this orb that's got lightning shooting out of it. So yeah, it's very, uh, here's the villain, here's the hero, and now we're going to see him clash. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going to go with this character, right. where we're going to go with him. Um, I like the world that they built around it. If you look, even in the letter page, you can see that there's plenty of other characters that are going to be interacting in the Midnight Tiger world. But even in the Zero issue, we saw... His friend's house had all these posters up of all these other AMP heroes. And even in his room, he has a bunch of posters up of all these other heroes that are, you know, AMP characters. Right. All of these characters, I believe, at some point or another, are going to interact in the story. In the Zero issue, we're actually introduced to two. Um, that is the whole reason that he has his power. Right. So, I don't know. I'm really interested to see where they're going to build out this world, too. And I like the idea that, you know, you have this gang problem... And it seems like so out of control to find out that you know it's led by another person that has some kind of crazy superpower. Right. It kind of makes sense for it to be that way. It's just not that oh nobody's doing anything. It's 
they might be outclassed or they might be outpowered. Right. So. Problems for a book? Uh, I'm pretty excited with it. Once again, you know, a lot of that is is being able to read the the zero issue along with this issue. So I got like a kind of fuller story. But I enjoyed it a lot. I would give it a 3.5. I'm really, really excited to see where it's going to go. Mr. Mike? I give it a 3.5 as well. Pretty cool story. Um, it's more fun. It's not so... There's a lot more fun to it. Right. Um, the art's pretty cool. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. Kurt? <clears throat> I've been excited for Midnight Tiger for a long time. And... Uh, I've even showed you on that indie planet. Right, oh yeah. And I just love Ray's work. I've got a couple commissions from him in the past. He's just down to earth. And I'll give it a four. And that's based on good story. It's got the classic storyline. Kind of Spider-Man feel to it. Right. But I'm kind of excited to see where it's going, knowing that Stray is going to be coming in. And knowing that they're going to be interacting. And this is kind of like that Spider-Man feel but not and then we got Stray that's got the Nightwing Batman feel to it right so I'm interested to see how those clash because we'll never ever see that from the big companies no they've got their own stories it's going to be fun I don't I don't want people to think oh it's just a rehash because it's not going to be no yeah it's It's more of an original thing like Invincible yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah yeah, exactly I I don't know superhero tropes have been done and done and done oh yeah lots but to re-image them and make them Pop is a is a good writer. It's like when I explain to somebody like Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. you can't not say, "Oh, he's pretty much like a Batman character," Mm -hmm. because he is. But Moon Knight and Batman are so different; Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. But you you almost have to be like, "Well, he's kind of like Batman," right? You know, so you can use those kind of archetypes to describe. Who he is, but yeah, like Midnight Tiger and Spider-Man, they have things that are similar, but they're totally different characters. Right. But um, like like you were saying, like I'm I'm so excited for people to hear this interview because like he's in they're they're totally infectious. Hearing them talk about what they're doing and where they're going, like to me it feels like this is the beginning of a whole new Invincible universe. Mm-hmm. Like this could be the next big universe that. Right. really will capture people's imaginations and like they just have such a great idea what they want to do and such a like a passion for the story that they're going to tell right so and Ray's not doing it alone because he's got D. Wayne Feenstra or Finstra I'm sorry if I mispronounced yeah, that um, but yeah he's helping him with the plot and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be good and, and Vito Dosante and Sean Isaac's just coming into that uh, action lab world is just going to I hope it blows it up because these 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 four guys deserve it, I think. Because they've been doing this a long time. Like, uh, from what it sounds like, they really know where they're going, and, and it's exciting direction. So, I'm um, I'm stoked for people to hear this interview. Yeah, <laughs> Craig. Yeah, I'll give it a three. It uh, looks and reads like a '80s. Uh, kind of book. It's not grim dark. It's uh, you know, uh, more it's fun. not. It's more lighthearted. It's adventure instead of you know, angsty. Right. 
Uh, and and uh, it does seem like a, an 80s Spider-Man type character. So, it's good jumping on point. Well, it's the number one, of course. But, well, you and know. There, there are things we're missing with it, too, if you're just reading the one, like you've mentioned. Mm. Power, how does he get it? Um, that's about it, really. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, there, There's a little, like, extra relationship stuff in there, but... You know, the nice thing, and we talked about this earlier, was that he was pretty much unconscious Mm. whenever he was given what will make him eventually Midnight Tiger. So they may plan to go back later Mm. and actually even have Gavin uncover it. I I assume old school origin issue, maybe. I assume that I assume that'll probably happen because they even make a mention of that during this first issue. Where he says, "Oh, he was pretty much unconscious when I woke up. I just had powers." Yeah. So it's. I, I assume that that's probably going to be part of the next batch of stories. And, and we've mentioned that this has, there has been Midnight Tiger stories printed before. Right. So I wonder if those are going to fold into it. I know mm-hmm. there, I know there's mm-hmm. going to be a trade paperback coming out for Midnight Tiger, and it's in the newest catalog. So I oh, wonder if right. that'll be like a precursor to this ongoing, and it just is a continuing story. That's very, it's very possible. So, um, well, I, I give it a four and a half. Like I, I like the art style is very, it's very dynamic, man. Like just. I don't know. I, just the way it looks, the way a Tiger moves, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really pretty cool. And yeah, it, it's a little more lighthearted than all the dark that we get nowadays with everything else. And don't get me wrong, I like those books too. But as far as like setups concerned, I, it just I don't know. It's just fun it's more of an adventure it. book. Yeah, it's more of an adventure yeah. than a, than like a. Cause it's not even I don't know. I, it's hard to compare it to other things, just setup wise. Because I see pieces that remind me of other things, which is like every other book is out there. But like Rob said, like when Invincible first started, uh, oh, it's like a kid Superman. Well, it's awesome. It's evolved into much more. Right. Yeah. And I think this has exactly the same potential. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know, I can't wait Can't wait for to see Stray also. Mm-hmm. Just after, and after talking with the video a little bit, like it, the whole setup seems really cool. Anyway, I, but yeah, for as for, for far as first issue, yeah, I give it four and a half. I liked it. And I'll give you a, yeah, I guess there's a bit, the zero would have had to it. But no, honestly, I don't think it really hurts it. And I think, depending on what they, what they do with the next three issues, I assume at some point we will see some of that told in those books. Mm-hmm. So, having future knowledge from reading the zero issue, cool. I don't know if, I don't know if you needed it right away or not. So I guess, you know. Well, this one hits the ground running, so. Yeah, well, yeah, you basically start in, in game, so. Zori action pumping. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's good, good books. Uh, so let's go and run the, uh, the the interview from San Diego. Uh, this was 2014. All right, I'm Rob, and this is Steve with Top Five Comics Podcast, and we're talking to. Uh, I'm Vito Del Sante. I'm the creator of Stray and World War Mob. And I'm Ray Anthony Height, the creator of Midnight Tiger, both at Action Lab. Well, at least Stray is. World War Mob. World War Mob is not. Okay. That was, that was a kind of a new development, was the Stray going over to, uh, to Action Lab. It seems that way. We've actually been in... Here's the real true secret origin of Stray. Okay. Oh, or Stray being at Action Lab, I should say. Ray and I have been friends for a really long time. 
And when Stray was being put together at Ape Entertainment, Ray had a book called Icons. So we were kind of putting it all together like, oh, well, Stray and Icons, it was just a given. It just happens in the same universe. So Ray and I, you know, kind of went and did our own things. He developed Midnight Tiger. Stray had a different artist. We had changed artists and everything. And I started just developing it separately. And then what happened was Ray went to, uh, to Action Lab and I said, no matter where Stray ends up, it's going to, we're still going to have the same shared universe. So Ray kind of like, he was really the linchpin of Action Lab because I know Kevin, I know Ray, I know Jamal at Action Lab as well. So, okay, yeah. it, it, you know, it just seemed like a good fit. And what happened was, and I say he's the linchpin because of this, Stray and Midnight Tiger look similar. You know, like, I mean, one looks like a dog, one looks like a cat, but the color schemes are similar. So they were concerned that, well, there might be a little bit, on the marketing side, it might look too similar. But Ray said, no, that, like, Spider-Man exists and Daredevil exists. How, like, that's how it works. It's true. So Ray kind of greased the wheels over, and they were like, okay, yeah, you're a hat rack up here, man. <laughs> Some brains going on. So I guess, you know, Ray said, yeah, no, I'm cool with it. And they just, you know, were all over it. And rightfully so. I mean, it's a really good book, I think. You know, and I think having it together at Action Lab is a big thing. I think it's great. I mean, it's, um, you know, not that Vito needs any more, uh, you know, publicity or stray, but I guess, you know, a little more can hurt. To me, stray is kind of like um, Nightwing and Frank Miller, Daredevil okay. kind of thing. It's just, it's awesome. It's, it's, Slightly darker than Midnight Tiger, but you know it, it still has that fun tone to it. Right. Uh, you have a you know a young hero ex sidekick thing going on. A lot of background, which is awesome. It's it's the meat. You know you right. get to peel back the sandwich layer by layer, issue by issue, and you start getting all this cool stuff revealed. Whereas these Midnight pages. Tiger, Midnight Tiger is very much. Spider-Man or Invincible, where it's a young kid coming into superheroes now, you know, not necessarily, you know what I mean, not yeah. necessarily a sidekick, even though he's young and he could be a sidekick. I've always said that Stray is a DC character in a Marvel world, whereas Midnight Tiger is a Marvel character, you know what I mean, like, yeah. it's not a Marvel character, because of that kind of, like, no... There's no preconceived. I mean, there's history to what's sure. going on in Midnight Tiger. Yeah, where it starts is where it starts. Exactly. Very much a beginning for him. Whereas with Stray, he's had a whole lineage coming up in the sure. process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But but they still work together, you know, because right. there's a there's a certain amount of the thing that we're working on trying to massage a little bit because it works is we both have these kind of government agencies. Yeah. You know, so how do how does one work in one city? With one government agency and the other one working in another city with another government agency, that'll be answered. Okay. But, but yeah, that's that's kind of the only. Uh, I wouldn't say hiccup was probably the, the best thing. No, I think we already sold it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's call it East Coast and another one's the West Coast. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, a buddy of mine, Curtis, who actually turned me on to Stray originally. Thank you, Curtis. He <laughs> he he's like it's like a Nightwing book, and I'm like really. Okay, and I started looking at it on Kickstarter. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see what he's saying. I'm going to tell you something really funny that happened today. I've done work at DC, and I had one editor, pretty much. I had a couple editors, but one that I worked with a lot. And he works at Disney now. So I went over there, and I gave him, like, a copy of, like, you know, just like a printout and stuff. And I said, this is our Nightwing story. And he just, like, his eyes just lit up. Because, like, we were working on Nightwing, you know, trying to pitch Nightwing together. 
And for some reason or other, I couldn't get it a, a foot in the door with Nightwing. So he knew how much I wanted to do Nightwing, and like he was trying, but it didn't work out. So the fact that there was like full circle with me and him, like you know, finally got a chance that I got a chance to do Nightwing. Right. You know, like he was really excited. That's cool. You only have to make your own world to make right, it happen. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that typically is what happens, right? The cool thing for that though is that. Now you guys can build a whole new universe around these guys. Absolutely. It's even going to be cooler. We're doing. Yeah. We're kind of, um, you know, well, honestly, Vito and I, we're pretty much cut from the same cloth, you know. So a lot of ideas and a lot of directions. Uh, he'll say something like, "Hey, I thought about that, you know, a week ago, and we could do this, and you know." And so it, it was made to be a part of the same universe without us really knowing, even though we right. knew right. that's what we were going to do it anyway. Right. It just kind of fit already. Yeah, it just kind of fit. It's and like, it wasn't you know, like we developed our individual books with the intention of doing this. It's just they're so strong separately that he, he could easily do Midnight Tiger and never put anything stray in there. And I could do stray without anything Midnight Tiger in there. But because it's so easily combined and made into a shared universe, it just makes sense. Right. You know, like, and I, I still... I'll say to everybody, you know, like, I'm so happy that DC canceled Nightwing and they made Grayson because we fill a niche. We, you know, we actually fill a niche that people that don't, if you know anybody that wants to read Nightwing but they can't because of, um, because of Grayson or whatever DC's doing, it's like, it's easy to just hand the Midnight Tiger and hit him and stray because their needs are being met. Right. You know, like, even though it's not a DC logo or a Marvel logo, it's still something that well, like, it's a style of story more than anything else. Absolutely, absolutely. I had actually really good timing with that. Yeah. That whole Grace thing developed over the last I don't know, like six months, mm-hmm. and it's very much different now than what it was. Right. So it's not bad. It's just different. Right. So yeah, that, yeah that's a good point. It really does fit pretty good. Yeah. But you know, and you can point to Invincible. You can point to. Um, Teen Titans or New Warriors or whatever and say all these characters exist and you know like some of them were strong enough on their own but they all have they all have fan bases so people are how many people want a Night Thrasher miniseries or a New Warriors miniseries almost everyone we knew yeah like they're always talking about like oh you know at Marvel panels what what do you have his plans for you know New new Warriors or anything so we're giving them New Warriors we're giving them you know, new the, the way that most fans wanted to see them. You know, nothing for nothing, the way they're doing the New Warriors now, I don't know sure. if you guys have read it. Yeah. Um, the one prior to that, written by Kevin Grievous and I think drawn by Paco Medina, okay. had absolutely no original New Warriors in it that I was aware of. And apparently they couldn't be used either. Now, they're rectifying that. I'm putting them in there, but are they telling the stories that New Warriors fans want to see now? Now that they're a little older, there are a few more teams in the universe, because that is Marvel's Teen Titans. Right. Yeah. You know, really, they, really, seriously. Not the X-Men, and they never were. These guys are the real Teen Titans. So, yeah. you know, we're doing that. We're filling that niche. We're filling that the hole that's left behind there. The other thing, too, is that we both somewhat subconsciously, I think, created universes with superheroes that are extremely diverse. Oh, yeah. You know, like he, talk about that. he has an African-American character. I have an African-American Superman. I have gay characters. I have, you know... I do, too. I'm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet, but, you know... No, no, no. I mean, Actually, like story, but. free comic book day. Lion's blood is gay. 
Really? Oh, I yes. know that. I'll be damned. All right. Yeah, see, but no one, it's very subtle because that's what it is. It's not, okay. that's not what you do. You. No, yeah. You don't make this big public announcement, this character is gay, and it has been for years, but no one said a single thing about it. <laughs> and nothing leads to that being that's the case. No. Right. I, I mean, in the first pages, he's talking about his the choices that he made. Right. He chose love of, a, of a, another person who has a male name that nobody's seen to catch. At the time, he didn't think about it at That's all. right, because it was this cool, and you right. were reading the story. No, yeah. And that's it. That's how it should be, because guess what? If I'm talking about my girlfriend, who cares? Right. If I'm talking about my wife or somebody else, you know? People yeah. make a big deal out of it. We had a conversation one of these days on, on Skype, and we were talking about this, and I said, look, I, you know, I have a very... Concerted, I'm making a concerted effort to include what exists in real life. Right. You know, exactly. like like there are there are gay men and gay women, you know, in real life. Why are like and Ray touched on a very important part, the announcement of someone coming out, like because yeah, we live not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah, we live in a world where everyone wants to know everybody's business, you know, celebrities, whatever. Sure. And so when a celebrity says I am gay, like Ellen Page, oh Twitter goes crazy, you know, and stuff but it's like She's always been gay. Right. Why is it right. such a big deal? So, right. when you walk into Stray or Midnight Tiger and you know you find out that a character is gay, like it, it should be no big deal because that's what life is. Right. You know that's that's what that's the world we see and we experience. Like I don't know, like uh, you've read the character source book at this point. Yeah. Not all, most of it. Like two two characters left. Okay. I picked and choose as I win. <laughs> so there's a character by the name of Orion. Okay. Because uh, he's got a crossbow. He's called Orion the Hunter, basically. But Orion is gay, and he's based on a friend of mine who's gay in real life. Oh, okay. And so he, like, it's all in there. Like, it, like he left town, his hometown, because his parents ostracized him. Because he's gay. It's a real story. You know okay. what I mean? Like, these are people that... The is based on a real person. That's yeah, really right. you know? cool. And yeah. so these are real people that exist. And even if it's not my best friend... I guarantee you, all four of us could figure out somebody sure, that yeah. this kind of pertains to. Right, so, that's happened to, or something similar right. happened to. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, I had backers um, who wanted to be characters, and one of them says, "Is it okay if you know, like, because one of them is a, a speedster, uh, and he's named after one of the characters, and he's like, is it okay if he's gay? You know, like, like stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> Like that's if that's who you are, you know that's right. I have no problem with and that. And isn't that frightening that that question has to be, you know, it's like saying, is it okay if yeah. the character's black? Yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean? permission to be okay, yeah, or whatever. It right, is. like yeah. permission to be what you really are. Right, we're, we're getting better, but it's still not there yet. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, there's still the. I know, like the catches with the whole new DC-52 when we get to Alan Scott. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll give you it. I thought we were choice because he had kids in the old universe. Thank but you. other than that, I mean, whatever. But it was a headline grab. It was a headline. Well, yeah. Was, but that's you know, that that's what a lot thing. of it is. Right. Because it's not organic. Right. And, and also because you're dealing with characters that already exist. Right. There's a preconceived notion that, well, like you were saying, Alan Scott already has kids. You know, and it's not like gays can't have kids. Oh. I was going to touch on that, but... You know, his son Obsidian, they basically just replaced Obsidian with right, Alan right. Scott instead because Obsidian was gay. Right. And they had Jade, and they're like, well, the Green Lantern universe is the same, except Jade doesn't exist, and now we got rid of Obsidian, and we're just going to replace it with his dad. Right. Like, but it's okay. not the same. But it's not the same. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was, it was more, it was, like you said, it was forced. Same right. names. I don't, know, well, you know, I don't know if it's forced. You know, I think, I, I think it's an effort 
at diversity right. that comes across as forced because it's not as organic because of the pre-existing sure. character that, you know, because you can tell that they're trying, right. you know, DC, Marvel are, are, are trying. Right, yeah. So you can't fault them for that, but the problem is, it's like the new Miss Marvel. Okay, yeah. You can get away with that because she's a new character. Right. But with Carol, maybe not because she has a history. You know, okay. like you can't just reboot character sexuality. Right. Because the well, truth of the matter is, you know, sexuality has always been there. Yeah, well, and that's something else. They've already been written one way. Sure, And sure. for so many years, and then all of a sudden it's like, here's a rock. Right. Okay, yeah. well, and yeah, that always gets met with, like, adversity, I guess. Right. And that's where the, the part of things being sort of forced comes from, maybe. I don't know. I, it, like you said, it's one thing if that's how it was designed. It's another thing if it's just a turn because they wanted something else to grab a line. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, and, you know, big headlines make big numbers, apparently, right? That's what we're told. Yeah, that's what we're told, or let's believe. I don't know. I've never seen any numbers. Right. But, hey, you know, I just the fact that the effort to do the whole diversity thing with the, the bigger companies, right. I do applaud that. Let's, sure. let's be clear. I applaud that. Of course, yeah. But I think it needs to be thought out a little bit more. You know, when you put a bigger name to whatever the particular change yeah, that's more attention. Right. Um, and so I can understand. But let's do, you know, like the new Miss Marvel. Even though it's Miss Marvel, she really is a completely different exactly, character. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, that works. That works really right. well. Right. Well, you reuse repurposing of the name, I guess. Is that because yeah. it wasn't being used? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah have this, I have this idea for, like, one of the one of these years doing backups in Stray where, like, I get a bunch of different creators to just... All right, what would you do, you know, with Stray? Like, it could be a, she, it could be a woman, it could be a man, it could be gay, it could be black. Just, I just want to see what you would do. And I want to make it clear that those interpretations are valid. Yeah, you know, like, they're not, you know, it's, it's just, it's in someone else's hands. And it's a valid interpretation of that character. It's not an alternate universe, it's just, how would we do this, you know, like, because I like the idea of exploring those options. Sure. You know, Stray was almost black. And the reason why he's not is because it's so autobiographical in a lot of ways that I, I can't speak to being a black man, you know. Okay. And plus, you know, he's got that on lock with Midnight Tiger, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and stepping seriously. on my toes, brother. But you can seriously, because Midnight Tiger takes place in, like, an inner city. Yeah, it's, it's the equivalent of, let's call it South Central, Compton area. Where you grew up, right? Where I grew yeah. up. And yeah, yeah, everybody's surprised when I when they know that. It's funny, um, but yeah, it's, that's basically it. So you'll see landmarks from you know uh, L.A. County, San Diego, different things like that. I, I was actually plotting, you know, uh, the main character Gavin coming to Comic Con. Oh yeah, because he's a huge comic geek, huge superhero fan. Yeah, I don't know if anybody caught it, but um, there's a stand-up of the Doberman in. The free comic book day. Um, so that's the first seed. I'm yeah, showing I'll show, I'll show. Yeah, right I, we actually have a visual. Sorry. So this came out this year. Yeah. And the first seed of. See, we. I told you, we had this in the plans for a while. Nobody noticed that right there. Oh my, I'll be damned. That's the Doberman. 
Okay. If you move your finger, right. Molly Danger. I'm not saying anything. I know, I know. I, I remember seeing the Molly Danger in there, and I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. Well, I didn't have, but at the time, I guess I wasn't thinking the two things being that's together. The, but that's that's the thing. We were trying to be as subtle as possible. Yeah. Like, because you, yeah, good. You got it. was yeah. killing me, man. Because I, you know, I've known this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. I've wanted to tell somebody so and bad. And there's a seed in Stray as well during the um, during the party scene. Sorry, you're gonna have to wait to see it, everyone else. Right. <laughs> wait until January. But during the party scene at the club. Uh, Stray's girlfriend that meets a, a fate. <laughs> She's wearing the costume and the mask of one of Ray's characters, Wraith. Oh, right on. Okay. So, so there's like little subtle things. Issue three is when, in Stray, is when it actually starts really taking place. Right on. Okay. Like you'll really notice it in issue three, which is probably around issue seven or something. For yeah. You. Yeah. Actually, so, yeah. So like, and he's going to do something with one of our characters as well. So. Yep. It's gonna be totally fun. So that so that <laughs> month should be like like where everything really starts like ooh you know but right. oh look at that there's a, this, the crossovers happen but it hasn't happened yeah. kind of thing. That's cool. You know it's all the, the seeds and then now people can go back. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's right. And then they'll start connecting the dots. Yeah, this is where right. it starts. Man. I'm just gonna sit here and hold this because I'm a company man now. Yes you are. <laughs> Since this You're video. part of the family now. <laughs> but yeah, so is this awkward? Is this awkward for no, anybody with me? No, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 no, of course. All right. But yeah, so it's it's you know we've always plotted this you know, and we've been plotting it all year. Right. And it just you know it just came up like all right, well, I'm gonna put something in free comic book day. What would be cool? And I was like, well, don't use Stray or don't uh, you can use yeah, Rottweiler. Like don't don't don't. Like oh okay. <laughs> no, because Stray doesn't exist at the point right. that issue one happens or even his prologue. You know, so right. use Rottweiler because he was a, a teenage hero, or use Doberman because he, you know, still is, you know, he's right. prominent. And with him, I said to him, who would hate having merchandise made of them? He was like, oh, great. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's what we did. Okay, now I'm going to put this down. Yeah, she's like, you know, the whole idea of the way society works, she's totally against that kind of thing. Like, you know, people should just be people, all this marketing and pandering and stuff like that. Right. It's a bunch of crap. So, her actually being one of the favorites the public really loves, because she's kind of uh, my, my female uh, Batman. Not Batgirl, because she's not whimsical in, in, right. in any way. It's very dark. You know, and she's, um, I don't know how we're going to do this, Vito, but the way I had her plan, she is, you know how they have the... Who's the best martial artist in this universe? Like, mm. She's the well, best martial be artist in my universe. Okay. I don't know if that will coincide with what Vito's got going on. Oh, okay. I've so, never actually considered who would be the best martial artist in Stray. So you, she might be the best universe, best uh, martial artist in our I universe. I was going to make it so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... So you know, this way it was more diplomatic. Exactly. <laughs> well, you see... You, you get to hear how diplomacy really works in comics, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> well, you figure that way they, one can challenge the other eventually. I was going to, I kind of wanted that to happen. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, somebody was asking, like, here. I, I, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, I made the, um, you can call it a mistake, or you can call it, like, just genuine, uncanny marketing ability. I don't know. And I posted the picture of the teen agents. And someone oh, said, yeah. when are they going to get their own zone series? And I was like, that is not up to me. You know, but if it were up to me, Caleb Monroe would be writing it, and uh, Sean McGuan would be drawing it. But I'm not going to say oh, anything. that would be pretty sweet. You know, like, I'm not going to say anything, but, you know, like, if that were my, if it were in my, like, druthers, you know, 
that would be that would be how I would do it. But you know, again, like I just want to make a good book, right? You know, and now that I'm with Action Lab and you know with Ray and everything, I just want to make a universe that people get into. You know, sure. I don't know. I'm very into action figures, and so when I was a kid, I would play with my Millennium Falcon. And Snake Eyes and Indiana Jones right. were, were driving it, <laughs> while Han, Chewie, Batman, and Robin were in the back playing chess. Right. You know, so like I don't play. I, I didn't play like everybody else. I guess. You know, I didn't play just Star Wars. I played with everybody. And so, like, I feel like that's what it's like with us. Right. Like we're all playing in the same kind of like same game. You know, same yeah. toys. You know. Yeah. And we get to mix and match and you know have fun with it. I think it was, it was the same way as a kid. They were always having time adventures. Yeah. yeah. Always. You'd have your GI Joes and your Star Wars together, and there was there was time travel. Of course, I like time travel. I'm gonna give a man a hug. Give me give me one second. <laughs> and that was a good hug too. Talk away. I'll give you a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'll be. Okay, cool. Okay, so question wise, like what? Okay, when did you decide that this is what you want to do as jobs? Like, what was there a point where you were like? This is what I want to do. I was a failed actor. Yeah, I was trying to be an actor, and then I, I, I backed ass first into comics. Like I, um, I was an actor for many years. I thought I was, and then I moved. I moved to California, and I became a screenwriter. But I wasn't getting work, so I just kind of like started doing comics. Then, so 1996, 1999 is when it became a career. And then I started lettering. It's 2014, 2011 or so. So, like, that's when it actually became a career, and I, 2011 is when I quit my day job, so that's when it became real. Right? Know? So you just kind of happened into it, because of the, 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 the writing thing already. I mean, oh, I was always, I was yeah. always, a, like, somebody that liked, I don't want to say attention, but I like to perform, and I like to tell stories, you know, sure. so I was always that guy, I was always that kid, even, but as far as doing comics, even, I always tell the story, even though I knew that it was Chris Claremont, John Byrne, Terry Austin, uh, Tom Morzakowski, and Glynis Oliver. I knew their names, and and Louise Louise Simonson. You know, like even though I knew their names, I didn't realize I could I could do it right. as a, as, a, as a living. And I always, you know, even though I didn't think it was a magic thing, I knew their names, but I didn't realize, oh, you could do this too. So again, I've always been more of an actor than anything. So that's where my my path is going to go, but and I happened upon writing and I happened upon comics, you know, so right. what about you, Rich? Comics have always been in my life, actually. Yeah. I mean, I've always been into comics, but I didn't, you know. But see, my acting thing was better than yours, I just didn't really want to do it. <laughs> like, um, I did some acting, too. Okay. And that was uh, right out of high school. Okay. And I was getting calls a lot, but I, it just, I don't know, it was tedium to me. So, uh, even though, like, my mom, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to be a big star or whatever. I was thinking about comics. Cause I was thinking, I don't want to have to go here and there. And then, like, I think when I was on the set of Crimson Tide, that was it for me. It was three days, no sleep, fake wet weather, real wet weather. I think I got sick. Um, and I was like, dude, I could just be drawing at my table comfy. You know, were you drawing as a kid? Yeah, I think I was drawing since I was like four. Because I wonder, like, yeah. you know, because you grew up in South Central, were, was it like just something Compton. to do because you were in Compton? South Central's a big thing. <laughs> I'm from Compton. Okay, Compton. But like, uh, 
but yeah. like you know, let's get it clear. Everything going on in the '80s, where you just an inside kid My, because yeah. of everything. Yes, uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, Kyle Randolph did a similar interview stating that very thing, but he's from Chicago, I believe. Yeah, or no, Philadelphia. Boston. Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore? No, Boston. Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston. Sorry, Kari. I just pointed um, out, like, Boston's right upstairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boston's in heaven. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, technically north. Yes. North. So, you know, the thing for me was, there was drive-by shootings all the time. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I was, it was terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, you know, drugs all the time. But my dad, my my dad's the, the best thing in the world. He's like, you know, the new Captain America, Sam Wilson. He's like, you know what I mean? He, right. Yeah, you know, he, he was in Vietnam, fought for his country, um, and just an all-around great person, human being. For him, like, racism and all that kind of stuff, that wasn't anything. He loved everybody. He loves their race a lot. And, um, you know, he taught me how to be human before I was black. Right. And that mm-hmm. we're, we... We could do whatever we want, you know, because in our in our community, you could be um, a doctor, a lawyer, um, you know, an athlete, an entertainer, or you get a, a good job in the city. That's it. Okay, that's what that's the big thing. No one thought, although we watched cartoons, I could do that. Although we read comics, I could do that. Nobody thought that. So, you know, for me, I mean, with my dad, it was like, you do whatever you want to do, you know? So that's how it kind of started for me. Um, and it was art and story, because I'm a big Chris Claremont guy. All my friends were that way. Um, but Arthur Adams and Alan Davis, those guys were like gods to me. You know, John Byrne. I like Still are. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. I, I just geeked out over some artwork that... You know, I, I, I nicely asked Arthur to, put, you know, hold up so I could take a picture of it. And all the time thinking, Arthur Adams just did exactly what I asked him to do. And he was so <laughs> nice about it. So He really is a nice guy. He's, he's a great very, guy. Yeah. Great guy. Um, and, but I, I, knew, I knew I liked to draw, and I did independent comics right. um, all the way up until 92. But to really be professional at it, I didn't realize that until after image form. But prior to that, it was just, this is fun. Yeah. That's it. This is fun. Sure. Well, the image bubble was definitely like a, I don't know, a bubble now, but when definitely. it happened, it was like this huge... It was, it was rock so, yeah, rock stars. Yeah, rock stars. I was a freshman in college when that went down. And I, and I was working at a comic store. And I just remember, and it was like, let me think, uh, Death of Superman had just happened, I think, too, like in that same frame of time. I, like that. I, I mean, maybe not the same year, but the same school year, you know? So I just remember being, you know, kind of there. And, and, and you know, even then, I didn't think I was going to do comics. Right. Like, I, was still, I was still, you know, trying to be an actor. And stuff. I, was, I was at the wrong school for acting, but I was like, oh, I'm determined. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that guy. Like, no. You're in New York, man. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh. I was oh, in a, Pittsburgh. I was in a University of Pittsburgh for that. Uh, my acting school was in Beverly Hills. Cost, you know, <laughs> and I went to a talent scout. Thing, right. And uh, my brother and my buddy went, and they picked me, and they didn't pick him. He's pissed. No, then when I saw the money, and we just went up there as a fluke, you know, right. they, they're always doing that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, I was young and about 100 pounds lighter than. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I was I was really hoping you got into acting like as a kid, so you're like the Gerber baby or something. Yeah, like that. right. <laughs> I, you know what? I think you peak though. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I think you peak at like two. 
right? You know, and you come back as Haley Joel Osment or something. I don't know. Um, I see dead careers. Uh, anyway, uh, you know. Yeah. But yeah. He's not gonna see this. Anyway. He, no, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to be an actor anymore. No, he's voice actor. You know. Oh, that's that's so acting. Yeah. You know, Kara Strong is awesome. Right. You know. Yeah, that's the thing I want to get into. I want to do voiceover stuff at some point. I want to be famous enough that they would like just offer me like roles. Like Chris voice. Rock. Yeah, I guess. You hey, know, play a zebra, Chris. Oh, where's the money? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. It's weird how, like, your career doesn't go... I mean, there are some people... Like, you knew you wanted to draw no, all, all, the, all that time. I didn't know I wanted to write until I was in my 20s. You know, so... Sounds like my wife. She and I only wanted to write because it was a necessity because nobody... I wasn't getting acting gigs, so... Yeah. Well, like, um... Dwayne Finchra, who actually uh, is co-wrote the first three issues of Midnight Tiger. Okay. He's a teacher. Mm. He oh. loves being a teacher. Writing comics, which he's excellent at. He has this book, Arrow Girl. You guys need to check it out. Freaking fantastic. Right. Um, but he just wants to be an awesome teacher. This thing is a hobby for him. Mm. And he's, he, got, he started working with me uh, last year. Now he's got two books coming. So, both successful Kickstarters, both yeah, both successful Kickstarters, oh. and he's he's off to the races, man. He's wow. doing it, and this is a hobby for him, and he just happens to be excellent at. It. So if you, I think if you can do it, you should do it. Right. Just do it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm kind of surprised at some of the guys that are actually like, who is it from? Uh, he's doing She-Hulk for Marvel. Charles Lay. Charles, oh yeah, he's, he's another guy. Yeah, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. That's why he's and perfect like, for that book. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. For that one, yeah. But he's all that legal jargon. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Letter forty four. Like, like, yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. And like during the day, trial lawyer guy, crazy. Yes. He's just really good at it. I just think what it is is you have to have a love for the medium, right. not just not just love X Men or love. Right. Um, love Spider-Man or whatever, you know, you got to love all of it. Yeah, right. you know? And you have to, you know, you really have to look at more than superheroes. You have to look at fantagraphic stuff. If anybody's not reading Love and Rockets every year, they're, you know, they're missing out. Amazing. You know, like Love and Rockets, you know, they have to look at, um, like, some stuff from France, like humanoid stuff, like Technocrease or Metabarons, you know, like, no one knows Black what Sox. you can do. Black Sox, another one. You can't, you, no one knows what you can do with comics until they look outside of what you know, the regular mainstream is. Right. And I say this as a guy who's doing a superhero comic, but I mean, the superhero comic that I'm doing is semi-autobiographical. Right. You know, it's, it's how I dealt with my father's death, how I dealt with using drugs in, in, like, in my 20s. You know, like, it's very, it's a very personal book, even though there's a costume on the character. Right. You know? It's very heavily connected. It's, yeah, and yeah. same with Ray. It's about him growing up in Compton. You yeah. know, like, even That's though it's awesome. a yeah, and the, the diversity, I mean, we're, Basically, the book is about how different you can be. I mean, when you hear that name, you think one thing, but Gavin, the main character in Midnight Tiger, is completely different from that. He's not what you expect from that environment, mm, right. and that's the thing. I grew up with people like that. I am that person that, you know, we all didn't know Easy e and N.W.A. You know, it was... It was comics and anime and, and uh, you know. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Actually, this is the reason why you hear a lot of uh, rappers mention a lot of comic references. Because we all read that stuff, too. You know, we, we all weren't uh, polishing our 45. Right. You know, I mean, it was just awesome. I listened to 
Duran Duran, I'm a huge um, Rod Stewart fan, uh, Depeche Mode, you know, right, stuff like yeah. that. These are things that I grew up in. I'm a huge 80s kid. Right. Um, but I grew up in Compton. Right. You know, so that's the thing that I kind of want to share. It's, it's not what, what you think of someone else. It's not what it really is. Mm. Well, right. I mean, as far as, like, geographically located, just because an area gets defined as one thing, it's not what it is at all. Exactly. It's, it's all it's all matter of individual person. But that's also the, the fun of doing the books like that we're doing, because our characters defy the, the environmental definitions that are put on them. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, mine takes place in New York. Right. But, you know, there are points where he's, like, a typical New York street kid. But at the same time, like, he grows out of it, you know, and, like, he's got to find... It's all about identity. Who do you want to be? Both our books. Who do you want to be, be? and how do you want to get there? You know? And can you kind of be the role model to show other people how to get there, too? Because sometimes people need that. They need to see someone in their environment do the thing that they're probably afraid to do. And that's why why I think our books are, are, like, the true definition of all ages because you, even though it's not Stray is definitely not for a child right. you know not for like a four year old or anything but like I feel perfectly comfortable giving it to a ten year old you know or, or even you know a, a nine even whereas I would give Midnight Tiger to anybody you know like, <laughs> yeah. well you know there's a couple of graphic scenes I mean by nature we as Americans are more lenient towards violence than we are towards sex Mm, where true. other countries are, you know, Positive, half of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, so, you know, that is something that I think parents should take a look at before they pick up Midnight Tiger. But for any book, well, any book at all, I think so too. Yeah. Like you go through it first as the adult. Don't say, oh, it's just a comic book, and comic books are for kids. Right. Manga, which is another word for comic in Japanese. Right. I mean, are you gonna pick up, you know, I don't know. Uh, um, I got this new book called Arise. Not for kids, right. but it's a comic. Right. You know, so just look through well, it. It's like the, defi- the difference between uh, Pluto and Astro Boy. Yes. You yes. know, like oh. Pluto is is a very, it's not adult, but it's a very mature story yeah, level that stars Astro Boy. Right. And, but, it, you know, it's not Astro Boy, no. you know? It's, yeah. But it's true. That's something we run across a lot in, like, Having a store, yeah. we get that a lot because there's, there's that whole general, general, general. There's a word for it. When people generally assume mm-hmm. that any of the books are either just for adults or just for kids. Yeah. There's like a medium. Oh yeah. There's, but where the majority of it, it really is a medium. It's quite. It's so the, the spectrum of comics is huge. Right. You Here know, comes Emily. Huge. Yeah, she does princess. Emily Martin. Hey. And she's fantastic. Yeah, she's. I awesome. saw her doing sketches yesterday, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> But yeah, I'm know, sorry. I like to gush over people that I that I truly enjoy. I do too. You got to spread the wealth, man. I mean, yeah, for sure. If the pie's big enough for all of us, right? I hate when these guys get into competition mode. They're like, I can't tell you anything. I, I can't even talk to you right now. You know? But, but I think competition breeds success too because it does. He's but he's like, yeah. he, he was like. What are my numbers on number one? And, and as soon as they said the numbers, I was like, I'm beating that number. Yeah. You know, because I, the thing is, like, because we're working together, right. and we're working literally together with our books as well. My book gets successful. His next issue gets successful. Right. Yeah. His next issue gets more successful than my next. You know, so it just, it's the, it's not the the tail wagging the dog or the snake eating its tail. Right. But it's like this kind of cycle of success that we 
we both want to enjoy. Well, right. One builds on the other one. Right, yeah. right. More like layering than anything else. I don't want him to be successful. I, have a, I appreciate that. I, but, I mean, you know, I have a vested interest in my friend's success. Sure. So, sure. I mean, I, I share everything he puts up about Midnight Tiger on Facebook. But even before the Action Lab thing was, I mean, yeah. I would have put it up even before I was in talks with Action Lab because I, I love Ray. You know? Well, yeah, I've noticed a lot oh, of the other Kickstarters you, you know? It's easy, man. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of have to do that. Right. I think if you, you generally care. If I knew, let's say Vito, Vito did something that was, um, eh, you know, I might support it, but before I do all that, right. he and I are going to talk. Sure. Mm-hmm. What can we do to make it better so that it will be worth, you know, putting out there instead of something that I'm putting out there and it's not up to snuff. Right. And then he's getting these terrible, you know, reviews. It's like, what's wrong? And I know what's wrong, but I don't tell him. That is no, it cool. doesn't help anybody. That's no, not, not cool. at all. That's why, I, that's why I like to plot with Ray, because even if it's, it has nothing to do with our, like, individual books, you know, like, even though we're not, you know, together on it, right. I, at least I know somebody's opinion of it. Like, for yeah. example, um, going back to the, to the cameos in our books, right. I, had a char- I had a character in issue three that was kind of like my version of Scarecrow. You know? oh, yeah. So we were talking on the phone, and we're we're like, we've really got to make this as tight and as solid as possible to really enforce it. You know that these are the same universe. And I said, all right, give me a character that's like Scarecrow from your from yours. Okay. And so then we sat down and we hammered out how does he operate? How does he work? You know, does he talk much? Does he does he spray gas at people? Like, what is his methods? You know, and like. There's a there's an interrogation scene with that character I love that scene. where I had to like all right how do I get his how do I get Ray's voice from my hands you know what I mean okay. and that's and like we and I just to, gave him a basic because I didn't the character wasn't in depth yet I right. didn't go that deep yeah you haven't used him yet in your no yeah. I haven't used him yet and I was gonna wait till later this is perfect because not only did once I gave it to him right he fleshed the character out and I was like yes <laughs> yeah I, I don't I have helped to do this yeah. You know, so it was perfect. It worked out great. Yeah, and, and so now I can't wait to use them. <laughs> but yeah, I have to, you know, as a rule. Even uh, it, here's the biggest problem with being an independent superhero character creator okay. is that all the other superhero character creators want to use your character because they think it's cool. Yeah. You know, like I'm in like a couple of Facebook fan pages or whatever and stuff, and everybody's like, "Hey, can I use Stray?" And I go, "I would prefer you didn't. Right. I would prefer you didn't draw." And it's like I have no. Once the book comes out, we can talk. Like, I don't want him to cameo anywhere because I want to make it special for the book. Sure. You know, and the same thing with, you know, hey, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, I do. Actually, Midnight Tiger is in two scenes prior to his right. big debut. Two scenes. One is in an image book. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's in an image book. I believe it's Dynamo 5. I'm not going to tell you which issue, okay. just look for it. You should right. buy Dynamo 5 anyway. Yeah, Dynamo 5. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, you guys know. Okay. I can't, I, you know, those guys, I love those guys. Jay Fairber is very big for both of us. Like, uh, yeah. Jay did a book called Gemini. <laughs> yeah. It's two issues, maybe three. And it's, it's, fan- it's fantastic. And his problem with Gemini was, I'm a Gemini. And I'm watching it, and I'm looking at, reading the book, and I was, I was like, the, graphically, it looked like Daredevil. The Golden Age Daredevil. Yeah. And I was like, I really, I really want to love this character. And I said, Well, I'm a Gemini. Why don't I just make my own Gemini? And so I made my own Gemini, who will 
actually appear in Stray in the first volume. So, like, you'll see, and it'll all will be made clear once, once uh, the man who taught me the letter, sort of. <laughs> but uh, well, it'll all be made clear once we get to that to that character. Sure. So, Jay and uh, Jay, you know, with Dynamo Five. And well, Jay helped me start my career. I owe a lot to him. I have a lot of them. I started with Noble Causes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I did some work in there, a backup. And then me and a friend of his, Brian Jones, um, uh, we, we worked on Opposites Attack, which is a backup in Noble Causes. Okay. Look that up, too. Okay. It was a lot of fun. I couldn't finish the, the series. Um, someone else finished it, but great character designs, all that was awesome. I'm surprised only people actually did stuff with Noble Causes. Because, like, even Pat Gleason did a little bit in there, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, I'm surprised only people I've well, seen. Think that about, I want, I want you guys to think about all the people who work with Jay. Right. Mahmoud Azrar. Where is he? Yeah. Marvel. Right. You'll drink. Yep. Mar- well, oh. He's doing Marvel now. He's yeah. doing Superior Iron Man. Yep. Okay. okay. So, you know, yeah, I work Jay, with Jay. Jay is a, a tastemaker. Like, Jay, you know Jay knows he can pick. Great stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And that's Mountain Horn. And and he actually, I can't remember where it was. He actually, we've never met, and we've, I don't think we've even talked except for on Twitter once. And it was and it was me thanking him because he said something really nice about me in an interview, and we've never met. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, I can't remember the, the context of the conversation was, but he, again, I kind of feel like. I'm the same way, you know, where I'm a tastemaker. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I don't, I'm not going to say I discovered Sean. Sean Isaacs, by the way, because if right. anybody sees his name, they don't know how to pronounce it. Usually they say it's Oxy, but it's I, Sean, Sean it's Isaacs. Awesome artist of Midnight Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon Eason. Hey, up for an Eisner. Eisner Award nominee Brandon Eason. In the same place together. I'm sharing the wealth. Remember I mentioned that earlier, guys? Right? Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I feel like, you know, Sean, he's done work with Dynamite, and this is his first book of his own, you know? So, I feel like, you know, I scouted this dude, you know, like, I've been in contact with him for years, you know, maybe like three or four years before we started doing Stray. We were going to do two other books before this. So, it just so happened that, you know, we, we just came together. So, I mean, I feel like... As a, as a writer, you have to become a tastemaker. You have to curate kind of what you want your name associated with. Right. Because you can get anybody, for the, for the amount of money that I pay Sean, I could have gotten someone cheaper that wouldn't be the you know, quality. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it would have reflected badly on my character. I was looking badly on me as a creator. So. It speaks to the yeah. quality of his work because I know Sean. And he is choosy about who he works for. Yeah, yeah. Because he's he's another yeah. phenomenal artist. He's gonna have to hold on. He's gonna promise this next kid. Yeah. To Sean because people are gonna scout. They're scouting him now. Yeah. Wow. He's cool. he's turning down work because he wants to finish this. And like he's gonna how good straight. And he's also going to do something else afterwards. Just you know. And I'm gonna give him the break. You know, like we're gonna do. He's probably going to do the Midnight Tiger Stray crossover, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and then he's going to do volume two, but I'm going to get other people to do in-between interstitial books, you know, just because I don't want to wear him out. And he really deserves to be seen by as many eyes as possible. For sure. Does that mean he should be doing, like, DC and Marvel work? Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to... 
I don't want him to just do Dynamite or or IDW or something. I want him to see the biggest audience right? because that's going to bring people to me. You know? Well, yeah, the, the more he shoves around regardless. Yeah. It, yeah, everything kind of connects. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about our crossover. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do we start this? So, yeah, we... Sorry, I'm not trying to destroy my own DC universe. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. We, we wanted to do a crossover that wasn't the typical crossover. Right. Because the first thing, when heroes meet, they fight. Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that Stray and Midnight Tiger, when they meet the first time, don't fight, but you're not going to see that yet. We're going to hold off on that. What we wanted to do is we just wanted to jumpstart the idea that they were friends. Right. Because why get through all that and then, you know, then just get to, to the first Yeah, thing? Jump, jump to the part of the end of the fight. So, so sense, yeah. you know, dogs and cats fight. Right. right. But, but, you know, dogs and cats living together, you know, as they say in Ghostbusters. So, what I wanted to do was, I proposed this idea to Ray, and I was like, what if we made it a buddy comedy? Not necessarily. I love buddy comedy. Yeah, Yeah, it's not necessarily a comedy, per se, but there are comedic moments. It's a road trip. Yeah, and so it's a road trip of Midnight Tiger since he's... 17 going on 18 or so, and Stray is 19 going on 20. Okay. There's this idea that Midnight Tiger, okay, he wants to start looking at colleges. So who better to take him to see colleges than the guy that dropped out of high school and has never gone to college, who's kind of like been the partier and everything, even without it. So you already know this is quite the trip. Right. Because Gavin is the kind of guy who, his dad is very strict. He's an ex-cop, current uh, fireman. Okay. And everything is very disciplined in his life. So him doing his Midnight Tiger thing, he's always scared. He's more scared of his dad finding out hmm. than he is of being shot at. So right, yeah. him and Rodney get together, and it's going to be, dude's going to go gray before he's 10, I mean, uh, 20 years old. Yeah, there's, there's a certain amount of... Um, Loosey goosey, kind of like get in the car, you know, put the top down. We're going, you know, like, uh, how do they say it in uh, Blues Brothers? We've got like a pack of smokes, and, you know, let's hit it. You know, yeah, that kind right. of and, you know, Rodney's, you know, just doing it because it's a favor to a friend. And, you know, what the hell? Well, I'll have fun doing it. But, and the issue is very Midnight Tiger centric because it's about his role, uh, not role, but road to discovery, kind of like, okay. This is now the next step in his life choices. Where am I going to go to school? Am I going to go to school? That kind of thing. So, it, so Rodney Stray takes a back, pardon the pun, because it's a road trip, back seat to the whole to the whole story. But there's a major development in that story for Stray. That's kind of like it's not a blink and you miss it. You'll notice. You'll know it when you see it. That plays into Volume Three of Stray. So there's a so it's a, again like I I call it Midnight Tiger Stray. I think he's called a straight Midnight, Midnight Tiger. Tiger. But it, to me, it's more Midnight Tiger than anything. Yeah, know? because like, the only reason why I say that is because Midnight Tiger's already going to be out by the time of Stray. Right. Okay. So I want to help promote it. Let's right. put Stray's name I think first. we're going to have to do, like, variant cover, or like two variant covers. Yeah. One with Stray Midnight Tiger, one with Perfect. Midnight Perfect. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> right. You're a retailer. You'll like that. Yeah, right? yes. Very true. That's good for you guys, huh? Right. Well, you know, as long as the book has following, so yes, you guys are just fine. <laughs> cool. I, there's well, guys, guys like you are going to make the books happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. More like, like if it's a fan, really. I mean, that's the real Yeah, thing. but yeah, that's, that's the thing. You know, like we need to convert retailers into fans. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. and that's harder than you think. You know, and like, you guys listen to each other. Retailers 
really think about that, what other retailers are getting. Mm. Because it's like, well, that must be hot. Right. Maybe I'll put it in my store. Yeah, stuff like that. I think there's a major difference between, like, I don't know, I guess the way me and Rob kind of are with the store. Mm. It's not the smartest business practice. <laughs> Opening a comic store never is. No, right. no not at all. You, yeah, you already all. crossed that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. But the, the difference is that we're still, I know, I see so many different stores we go to, like between A and B, like trip-wise. We try to stop at a lot of stores. And right. most of them are pretty decent guys, pretty decent stores. But like, there's a percentage of them that are very, I'm done with this. I'm just still doing it because it's a business. Right. So maybe they were into it when they first started. Right. And now, right. however many years down the road, they're just done. And I don't think either one of us will have that problem, really, just because both of us have been into it since we were kids. I think that's true. Almost, I would, I would say about 60% yeah. of the time. You know, like, I think there's a, cause there's a lot of old guard, right. you know, still ordering like it's 1986, right. and Secret Wars, Watchmen, and everything are coming out, you know, and, uh, and pre, you know, the implosion, I mean, you know, pre-variant right. covers. Well, yeah, like, and era-wise. And then there's those guys, you yeah. know, that got it, like, oh, well, it was going to be an investment. You know, and, you know, everybody's got a reason for getting into it, you know. Right. I, I can't fault anybody for those reasons, you know. But, you know, those are the same reasons why it's harder for us as guys making comic books that are superheroes right. that aren't with a DC bullet or a Marvel, you know, banner. Right, right. You know? Yeah, like, it's tough. We, I mean, there are other superheroes. Oh, yeah. Marvel and DC do not have the monopoly as most people would like to believe. They're not according Look to the market, at Invincible. Yeah. Invincible's killing it, man. Right? It's awesome. Man. I never miss an issue. Good. Right. This is all awesome. Man, book. since 100, oh. everything is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Superheroes, though, are the monopoly of the business. Yes. And yeah. that's the and that's kind of, I mean, we're not helping in that respect. Well, no. But there's, at the same time. There's still stories that can exactly, be told. Exactly. Right. And we're telling them. Yeah, yeah, we're telling them. And, and, and going back to the whole retailer support, like, they, you know, with, they have the, the justification for it, too. You know, and the justification is, it makes sense. Yeah. You gotta the, make the your money. Discounts are tougher for independent publishers. Yeah. Right. You know, Marvel and DC have a monopoly. Right. Like, literally. Dark Horse, too. You know, Dark Horse has that front of the book. Yeah. So, you know, so it's tougher for the smaller guys like us to, to make that impact because, you know, we don't have that front of the, the catalog right. space. And those things bring in numbers. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't even matter what the book is about. Yeah. You know, every now and then you'll get that one book that everyone's read, especially retailers, and you're like, eh, it's not that good. But it'll do decent numbers the first issue because right. it has the name recognition. You know, for the publisher. And that, right, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's the fight. That's, yeah. that's what we have to push harder than they do. Well, that's true, yeah. Like, companies like Action Lab, Red 5, Big Dog, and right. like all of them, as far as, like, where they fit, it, it's just, it's that, that not, the, the fact that Marvel and DC have been around for so many years mm -hmm. is the reason why that is. And yeah. their worst book can still do better than an independent best book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you can, I don't, I'm not going to point fingers at Grayson, but because we're talking about Grayson is a departure from what they've done right so it's not their worst book you know no. like I really like Tim Seeley so I'm not going to talk ill about him no, I saw that. but you know it's it's not Nightwing which would have right. so let's just call it their, a lesser book you know or the green team you know yeah. oh, I like that DC book. did you know yeah, or uh, the movement you know like they're they're not bad books no. per se but they're not the marquee you know what I mean right those books still will do better than our books. Oh, yeah. They you know? did. I looked at some yeah. numbers. Yeah, and they're going to, you know, and every single time. 
because they have the, the ability to be at the front and somebody first issue will say, okay, let's give it a shot. Gail Simone's writing it or, right, or whoever, yeah. you know. And it's not and it's not a knock on Gail because she's no. doing her job, you know. But I love Gail. Yeah, and for us, I love it. we have to. We can't do a bad book. Right. No, no matter what, we have to do the best book we can. And even our best, depending on what that is, it might not be good enough. Right. So that, that's what we need. That's the what retailer. we need retailers. Sure. You know? Yeah. And you know, we have the fan support. We have. Yeah, like, we do. The um, kind of uh, ground level, gar- uh, what's the word? The grassroots kind grassroots of movement, movement. You know, like for both of our books. So we know people want the book. Right. right. So we I need mean, retailers to give them the book. You know, right. like it's 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 as simple as that. We know. That's who does it. There, there's there's a, some retailers have that middle child syndrome because <laughs> right. they are the middle of it. You know, they're yeah. oh yeah, they're, they're you're the middleman. The consumer, they buy it from the publisher, right. so they are the middleman. But like you know, we don't think of them like that. No, you no. know, like we we I you're the first man. <laughs> That's why yeah, because you know, we have to win you guys over. Right. The rest of them, you know, hey, yeah, I want to make retailers fans. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like more so. Than, I love that statement. You know what I mean? More so than business partners. I want them to love my work. Right. You know, I mean, like... We need more retailers putting more excellent books and other smaller publishers out there. I mean, I know quite a few. I'm friends with quite a few retailers. And when I ask about, hey, you guys got some uh, excellent books? Uh, we might have Princeless, which is the biggest and most notable one. But there are other great books. Yeah. You know, I mean, Skyward's a great book. Yeah. You know? Oh, you yeah. guys carry, you oh, guys yeah. carry, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Just great stuff. Yeah, and, I, and, you know, after the retailers and the consumers, my next plan of attack is libraries. Right. Because I am I have a library that I, you know, in my small town in Pennsylvania that I pretty much started, I wouldn't say I started their graphic novel collection, but I made sure they had, like, the, the, uh, the perennials, you know, okay. like I gave them princess too, you know, like I gave, like I gave them out of my own collection books. Right. So like I'm trying to like just kind of get this. I want comics in more hands, you right. know, and the more comics that are in more hands. And granted, that small town in Pennsylvania doesn't have a comic book store. You have to go an hour to Pittsburgh to get, you know, like a really okay. good comic store. I mean, there's ones closer by that I'm really, you know, big fans of. New Dimension Comics. I don't mean to say that on another comic book podcast, you know, but New, New Dimension Comics, like, they treated me like king, you know, and they love Action Lab, too. So we're, you know, I'm trying to develop a relationship with retailers to kind of, again, convert business partners into fans. Right. You know, because, like, if you're excited about a book, you're going to get some, you know... A, a, it's a lot easier for us to get other people Yeah, you're going to get that. somebody else excited. You're going to be able to say, like, you know your pull list. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you can say... When, when Midnight Tiger comes out in two weeks, you know, or next week, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, you know, like, it's coming, it's coming in two weeks, let's yeah. say. But you can say to your to the person that buys Spider-Man, like, I think you'll like this. Right. And because you've read it, and because yeah. you know, you know, and, like, when Stray comes out and you see somebody buying Wade and Kasomni on Daredevil, right. you can go, you like this, you know, like, and somebody will flip through. Look, via the Netflix suggestion box, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you, are, are, you yeah. watch this... We recommend this. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of, that's just kind of how it is for us. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. you got to do that. Be Netflix. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what we need. You know, we, we need, retailers don't have to feel inferior. Yeah. You know, like, in, in any respect. You know, they are as important to this as we are. I think, you know? really, honestly, more important sometimes, because 
We can create it all day long. I don't want to lay it on thick. No, I'm but not. But you're not wrong. No, I'm going to, I'm not laying, I'm just being factual. We can create this stuff all day. Right. I know people who have created comics, never have shown anyone. It's you guys who put it in everyone's hands. We can put them online for free. Right, but who's going to lead them? Man? You know? It's all about leading. I mean, hey, I know that there's water somewhere outside, but somebody got to show me where right. it is. That's true. You know, so that's you guys. That's what right. you do. There's also the idea of, like, how movies work. You know, yeah. like, you can have all the money in the world to make a movie. If no one shows up, and it's not even in the movie theater, right? you know, it's just harder to make that movie happen and make it real. Right. And that's the thing, too, is that, you know, the retail community makes these things real. You know, like, we can print them, right. but unless you're selling them, they're not real. That's right. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I and mean, don't get me started on Kickstarter. <laughs> because I mean, cause Kickstarter is a way to kind of circumvent the retail. Uh, it is. It's almost like direct. Yeah. Right. You know. But you know, that's why that's why Stray's coming out twice. Right. You know, like there's two issues of Stray, two number one issues, I should say. Like there's a Kickstarter exclusive, and then for you know, like the people that backed it, it's almost like they're getting a variant cover. You well, know that's what I mean? how I build it. I yeah. mean, there's still yeah. some stuff I got to send out, but I told everyone else what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to send them the digital copy, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, of the second issue because I promised it to him. I mean, I've been late. I ran out of funding, all that kind of stuff. But I'm trying to do the best I can for those right. people because they made this happen. Sure. And as a matter of fact, that is the only reason Kickstarter and everyone who backed me is the only reason this book is here. So you know, I'm, I'm, that, the, same, that, I'm the same boat, right? Right. So they deserve as much stuff as we can give them. Sure. Because they supported us when nobody knew who we were. Right. Yeah. So you and know. That's, that's a good thing about Kickstarter too. Yeah. Right. It gives guys a chance that we can show it. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, cool. that's how I found V. Turn down detail. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, our buddy Curtis found you. Oh, awesome. And like <laughs> between the two, like it's, yeah, I remember him someone on it. I would never heard of it. I mean, there there are really good books that have failed. Oh yeah. On oh, yeah. Kickstarter that yeah. don't that didn't deserve to fail. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I don't, don't wanna, I'm not gonna. I don't want to say it like in terms of like he's a failure, but you I know. love Dinah Girl. Dino Girl is one of the best web comics. It looked is the Dino best Girl. web comic. I mean, superhero. Yeah. Right. There, there are other ones that I really, really like that are not sure. superhero related, but Dino Girl, dude. I do a it superhero is web comic called Prisoner of None, and I looked at Dino Girl for how to do a web comic. You know what I mean? Like that was my model. And Carrie Kelly did not deserve to to, to fail at it. You know? No, he should have exceeded whatever. Yeah, his goal it's was. a great book. So. To it me, could sit on the shelf anywhere. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at some point. But to me, like, there are, I got lucky. You know, like, that's the way I look at it. You know, I got 300-something backers that I'm proud of every single one of them, and I thank you every single one of them. You know, I thank you guys all the time, you know? So I don't, like, I thank you when I don't have anything to thank. You know, like, when I come home, when I get home from here, I'm probably going to send out a thank you to everybody again. for Because I think, you know, the Kickstarter backers, like Ray said, made Action Lab happen. They did. You know, like, it, it, you know, the fact that there were, we can at least say, I hope that 332 people are going to buy the Action Lab t-shirt. Right. You know, we can also say maybe that the 670 whatever on Facebook that, you know, that's 300 something people that didn't back it. Right. You know, maybe they're going to buy it first. So, yeah, exactly. it's very, you know, it's hard to market yourself. 
<laughs> it's hard to sell your own book. Well, you're you used know? to being the creator, right? Right. Yeah, it's, it's something. It's something we always want somebody else to do for us because we're more comfortable creating. Absolutely. So thank you, retailers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And thank you in advance for selling crap loads astray because you know you're going to want to. Right. And you're going to want to sell Midnight Tiger because... It's a new crack, guys. <laughs> new really crack. Get on the ground floor. <laughs> Ask me a new question. <laughs> yeah, another question. Okay. Lightning round? A little bit, kind of. Okay. So uh, if you're stranded on a desert island, what five items would you take with you? Oh, five God, items. man. Five. Um, I only need two. <sighs> Can items be, do you, do people count as items? They can, yes. Okay, my wife, my daughter, my dog, my... That was so easy at that point. <laughs> uh, I need a John Coltrane CD and something to play it on. Wow. See, that was so hard. My wife, see, my wife is, no, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm bringing my wife, because she can, she can shoot a gun, she knows how to hunt. Oh, nice. Because she grew up in Pennsylvania, and she's a better, like, handy person than I am, so she'll build us a hut. So, I gotta bring her. <laughs> that's you? Yep, yeah, that's me. Alright. It's something to listen to while she's building the hut. Like, <laughs> listen to you, gave me time to sing. Jamming yeah. out the giant steps, just like, eh, eh, you're doing great, honey. And he's singing Coltrane. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I don't know, for me, a pallet full of duct tape, thank you, Mythbusters. Um, uh, a hunting knife with uh, magnesium. Okay, you know. All right. Let's see. Hmm. Sketchbook. Pencil. And just one bottle, so I could write a note to my family, tell them that hey, I'm glad you guys are safe. I'll tough it out for all of us. <laughs> Having a good time. Wish you were here. Ah. <laughs> awesome. See, my daughter's young enough that I, I miss her. His daughter's old enough that he's like, yeah, I'll I take a weekend without her. <laughs> I love you guys. If you're listening to this, I love them. I love my kids, you know. One wants to be a chef. The other one wants to be a basketball star. So, you know. Well, they look local. That's awesome, man. Yeah, they're all right. They're all right. All right, one more. Okay. This is going to seem weird. A little bit. Weirder than... Weirder than the island? Yes. Weirder than the island. Weirder than the island. Okay, so if you lived in Fantasyland, oh. would you ride a chocolate pony? Wait, what? If you lived in Fantasyland, okay. would you ride a chocolate pony? What's, is Fantasyland a natural place, or are you just, like, generally Fantasyland? General. I just ruined the question, so don't it's even bother asking me. I, let's just call would his answer a, no. Would I ride a chocolate pony? No, because it might melt between my legs, and that's gross. That's a very hot. good point. He's hot, man. <laughs> Do you ever see, uh, <laughs> uh, like, Jackass and those, those guys, like, Rab himself, he, uh, he tested the theory that George Carlin put out that you can't run and poop at the same time. <laughs> and I don't want to look like, that's a bad look, man. <laughs> right. I can't. So I'm not riding the chocolate One of the worst ones I can think of right now. <laughs> um, I would not ride a chocolate pony, but he could be my friend. <laughs> that's a good answer, too. Yep. Right on. It's terrible to say, but I might eat the chocolate pony at some point. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first one. Yeah. Sorry, buddy, you're melting. Oh. I had a really nasty thought right now. I was thinking, well, what you could do if the chocolate pony eats and then it poops, does the poop taste like chocolate? That's a very chocolate good question. Chocolate pudding. That's a good question. 
You know I'm going to go with yes for the idea. It's Fantasyland. Yes. It's Fantasyland. Fantasyland. Why happened in Fantasyland? Because you don't want to eat your friend. That's what it comes down to. I love him because that's exactly what you it is. What? You're my friend. I've declared you're my friend, so by that declaration on its own, I cannot and will not eat you. <laughs> there are some friends you might have to eat in life, though. Friend of me. And I'll say that out loud. There are some friends you've got to eat in life. You want advice, kids, on how to make comics? Eat there your are, friends. There are some friends you'll have to eat in life. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't be ashamed. It's how the food chain works. Wow. <laughs> Bitches. You have to look behind the curtain to really understand what he just said right now. Oh, I hear you. Know. you. Yeah, I hear you. There, you know, there are some people that genuinely want you to succeed in life, and then there's some people that say they want you to succeed in life. They really right. want to ride your coattails until you're passe. Oh, they, they, they think they, they can watch you burn. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? While, you know, while they try to step on your ashes. Yeah. And you got to eat them. You got to eat them. Good point. You got to eat them in the womb before, <laughs> before that twin, you know, consumes you. Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of them don't mean you any ill will, not on the surface no. at all. Yeah. No. yeah. It's just a thing because yeah. their wants outweigh what you're doing and sometimes your friendship. So, right. I get it. That, I that's it. why I say, like, I have... I have a true and vested interest in your in his success. You know, I know, and for all my friends, you know, like I'm not going to name drop, but you know, like there's like people that I want to see succeed because either they were there when I wasn't succeeding, and they were, you know were there with a quick word or something, or even even less than that, they just are people that deserve to succeed. Sure. You know? And some people deserve to be eaten. This <laughs> is what it is. Chocolate pony or not. He was born a shark in another life. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, you don't eat your shark friends, but your tuna friends. I don't know. know. Like, you might eat them. There's, there's some. There's something to that, you know. But I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a genuinely, genuinely easygoing, nice person. You know, I think. I think. How about for that? I think it takes a lot to get on my bad side, and like. It takes a lot to get on my back. I'm willing to take a lot, you know. I know. And but then like pettiness and like little things, they they mean so much, you know. Right. Like, like when you just peck your wife on the cheek, or you know, or your daughter. They like, add up. When I pick up my daughter, she has this thing where she'll like put her hand on my shoulder and she'll just go like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And those mean so much. But the right. thing is, the opposite of it is too. You know, the petty things right. and the small things mean a lot when up. they're petty you yeah, know so I have no tolerance for fools I have no tolerance for stupidity and I have no tolerance for for pettiness you know so I'm very you just get me on the right day you know I'm very easy and the right day is pretty much every day but like <laughs> but until you do something petty until you right. step over the the boundary that I set up for you you know yeah. He's my brother, so he can do he can do no wrong. But I would never do anything. Right. That's, that's, all, that's what it is. But I mean, but that's what I mean. Like you know, like I I I adopt people. Yeah. You know, into me. You know what I mean? Like I, I bring people to me. Sure. You know? yeah. So Kari Randolph, him, uh, Chris Cross, like Caleb Monroe, like these are guys that are my brothers. Right. That like when it when the the crap comes through I had to wash my mouth <laughs> when, the, when the crap comes through you know is who it PG shot? PG-13? I want to I want to stay PG-13 but 
uh, you, you know who you can count on. Right. You know, and you know there are people that want to be that with you, and they have to prove themselves. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, some people want to be that, and you can't let them. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can. A certain level of it, it either fits or it doesn't fit. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean there, you know, there there are frenemies. I mean, my my daughter gave me that word, frenemies. Yeah. I never really heard it before, but I got a couple frenemies. And, you know, usually what happens with frenemies, though, you know them a long time. Right. Then you become successful. I don't believe, oh, I haven't changed. I think whatever it is, you become more of what you already are. Right. right. If you're broke, but you're a crack addict and you won the lottery, you're going to buy a shitload of crack. <laughs> but that's that's what you do. Right. It's not all of a sudden you become a saint or a philanthropist. Right. You're going to be more of yourself. If you're already a nice, awesome person... You're going to do awesome stuff with that money. Right. So if you're, you know, friends way back, right, and you have become a little bit more successful and they're not so much, you see what happens. Right. And then there are people who are exactly the same as they were before you got money and after you got money. Right. Those are the keepers. Those are the ones you, you swim with, not the guys you eat. <laughs> so that, that's my addition to this one. There are people that are going to get eaten. <laughs> look, look at this guy. And he's he's supposed to be the nice guy. I'm a New Yorker. I, you know, I, I, I didn't lose that, you know. That's very true. I think that's why I like him, you know. I, I'm a California boy, but I'm not typically California-esque, right? You know, okay. I'm laid back, but I'm all about hashtag real talk. Yeah. Well, I'm from Compton, so it's kind of like we're in New York, too. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> we'll tell you off. I won't. I won't. I will give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, that was the the interview that we got for for Midnight Tiger and Stray and how they're going to be working together and the and having those worlds fused is great. And I always loved that. You know, he'd always. Uh, Ray. Ray had always had it in mind that they were going to be the same world no matter what. No matter where they were at, like the Stray and Doberman were going to be a part of the Midnight Tiger world. But the big thing for me is, like, these guys really went out of their way and did a great interview with us, and I really appreciate them spending all that time and putting all that effort into it and being so candid about what they were doing and where their process were going, and they were great. You know, they they really... They really wanted to go all out to make this work, so and Ray was really excited to be a part of it, which was awesome. And Vito was great about giving us a lot of information about where they were going with the story and the creation of his character and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, like as far as interviews concerned, yeah, I'm, I really appreciate the guys being on the talk. Which is, you know, we spent kind of a lot of time with them, and even after the interview was over, I mean, we talked to them a, a bit more after that too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, as far as like. Just being really solid guys, they're both really awesome, just in general. But yeah, so uh, if you haven't checked out Midnight Tiger yet, you really should. And watch for Stray when it comes out. Um, it'll also be Action Lab, so awesome. Uh, books to watch. Curtis? Uh, Dark Gods from Avatar. It's another Justin Jordan book, right. along with uh, Spread, which is a Justin Jordan book. And what was that other one, Mike? You remember? Oh. It's from Boom, I believe. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's a Justin Jordan book too. Man. Yeah. He's Justin Jordan it up. Exactly. He's he's one of my favorite writers right now, and um, he does really good work, and he writes to my sensibilities, kind of. You know what I mean? I don't need all the glitter and gold, and he's down there with us in, in the trenches. So. Deep State. Deep State. Look for that one, too. And that is Boom. So. Sweet. Mr. Mike? So keep uh, moving on with Red Lanterns. Midnight <laughs> Tiger. Throw that in there. Sure. And, of course, the upcoming uh, Stray. Yeah. That looks really cool. Yeah. It does. Sean Isaacs is in South Africa. The <laughs> artist for that? Yeah. So that's hard for him to get over. That's cool. Yeah, I, got, I forgot he was from there. Uh, Craig? Uh, check out the last episodes of, uh, Star Wars. How many are the last there. issues of Star Wars before it switches there. over to Marvel? There. I, they lost the license. That's sad. It's an end of an era. That's, that's true. Yeah. It's been like 25 years, hasn't it? God, yeah. It's been a long while. Man. The, the, the Dark Horse was the steward of, of Star Wars. Uh, nice thing for Dark Horse, though, they are going to be going back to doing Aliens and Predators stuff, so mm-hmm. which will be cool. But yeah, it's it's sad to see Star Wars go. So we'll see what Marvel does. I have does to say the it. Brian Wood series they they did end it gracefully. I yeah. suppose is the word. Mm. Ended too soon. Tell he yeah. had a lot more to more he could have done, but. Yeah. We've been incredibly good stewards of the Star Wars comics. I mean, they uh, reprinted stuff that uh, no one else would have touched. The old newspaper series, the, the even the Marvel stuff. Right. And well, we'll see what Marvel ones are doing with it. Yeah, it is uh, I can't imagine thing. that they're going to be as graceful about it as Dark Horse was, but we'll see. Right. Well, um, shoot, I had something before we started on that, and now I got all, I'll turn off. Weepy-eyed. With the sadness of seeing <laughs> Star Wars go. Uh, there's something else I'm saying. Last second to think. Yeah. But weren't you uh, talking about the upcoming um, sequel to Calder? Not yet, but yeah, it does look it does look crazy. So <laughs> I think what is it? it I, they're not calling it colder though. It's like, colder and then bad seed or something uh, like that. Okay, yeah, with the the fingers. Yeah, it looks even creepier than the first colder. Yeah. So Declan's gonna be back. Nimble Jack's not, but there's something else. This is bad out there. So yeah, that'll be pretty out of control. <laughs> uh, fortunately, the new Warriors watched the last of its. Issues come out. <laughs> All right. Um, I would give you Skyward, which is also another um, Action Lab book. Uh, it's been good. Like been we, good from the start. Yeah, it's been good from the start. Jeremy Dale is awesome. Dude did a lot of work for uh, Devil's Due and IDW, and he's fantastic also. It's another, another Action Lab book. Yeah, and they're a smaller company, but as far as books are concerned... We got really top-notch stuff coming out at this point, man. Like, a lot of their stuff is good. 
uh, I don't know if Pantheon Project is going to continue, but they're coming out from Action Lab, too. Are they? Awesome. That's also really good news, actually. I know it's digital right now, yeah. but hopefully it'll come out in print. Well, there's hoping, man. Eric, Ta- or Eric Taylor and Eric Taylor and Layla, Del Duca. Layla Del Duca. Del Duca, yeah. And Shudder, too, because that's Del Duca's other book. But yeah, I think Watch that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still fun, too, actually, yeah. But yeah, I, as far as tiles are concerned, like you, you got to give some of these smaller companies a try with stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, everybody loves their Marvel and DC and whatnot, but man, there's a lot of other guys out there with books that are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I, Image wouldn't have been a thing, you know, if, if people weren't willing to try their books. So, and Image has got a lot of awesome books too. But yeah, as far as uh, in in general, I say watch for watch for Stray, of course. Um, same th- I mean, we've talked about it multiple times on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even even back when it was still in Kickstarter phase for both these, too. It just can't get out quick enough. Right, feels. exactly. But yeah, and yeah, definitely check out Midnight Tiger for sure. Oh, well, yes. Um, it was the, the writer and artist change for uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, the Finches. Yeah, yeah don't, don't be afraid. Batgirl, yeah. too. Yeah, this is true. There's There's a little bit of... You know, who, who knows what that's going to be, but, like, I, I think the Wonder Woman's going to continue to be really strong. The changes that they've made, I can't see Wonder Woman changing to be a bad book. So, you know, don't drop the book just because the artist and writer are changing. Keep keep going. Wonder Woman's going to be fantastic. But do keep an eye on what they're going to do with, with Batgirl because it's going to be a big change with her as well. You want to hang in with Batman and Robin, too. Robin Rises. This is true. Robin Rises is going to be huge. It's going to be a huge story. There is... Uh it just came out, but Infinity Man and the Forever People, the what? the last uh, issue, was drawn by Jim Starlin. And oh, really? Yeah, so keep your eye out for that book. Uh, and your buddy's going to be making an appearance. Uh, Who? Guy Gardner. Donde. That means where. It's right there in the book. I didn't look at it. <laughs> I love Guy Gardner. Where, though? Uh, I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> He's going to be playing a big part in the whole new Lantern yeah. series. The, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, because that's the Godhead thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. honestly, the Forever People sneakily is sneaking. They're, they're the ones that are bringing up the Godhead. Yeah. So. The, uh, yeah. It'll be different. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do. I, I've, I've really liked what they did with Orion in both Wonder Woman and Superman. And I couldn't have cared less about Orion before, so I'm really interested to see what the take is going to be on the rest of the the new gods. A lot of the designs look fantastic, but characters like Light Ray, yeah, I'm so he looks great now. I'm still learning the names of the Forever People too, because yeah. I see the big berry guy. How many issues that been out? Number three, I think, just came. And out. you brought them all? Huh? You like it? Oh yeah, that's a different take on the new Fifty Two, but. I well, I'm not familiar with the old. Well, those mean, stuff, so. I guess neither. the forever people. Yeah. Just mean like the the new gods. Well, no, on the fifty two itself because it's not like anything else out there mm. right now. Okay. You know, Legionnaires is gone. Yeah. So this is kind of not picking up where that went left off, but introducing new characters introduced into a new field. Well, yeah, it's it's like Midnight Tiger. You know, basically when you look at the new gods. They're basically like DC's Thor pantheon. Mm-hmm. So you have your kind of Odin character and all the other smaller gods underneath them. 
and that was something like Jack had made, and it became really bogged down with a bunch of stuff. I'm sorry, Jack Kirby. I don't know why I'm acting like I know him. <laughs> but it was his it, birthday yesterday. Yeah. So uh, it kind of became bogged down with a lot of just nonsense, and so they were hard characters to use. Mm-hmm. But they're supposed to be the opposite for. Um, Apocalypse. Yeah. And Dark Side's group. So, you know, like, they deserve to have a neat look into them. And, you know, with the new 52, you can clean it all up and make them better. So. I agree. Or at least more accessible, anyways. And Keith Giffen's working on it, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, Dan DeDio, I know he's the devil, but. Yeah, he's got a hand in it, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know he's the devil, uh, but. I'm glad that Keith kind of stepped it back, though. Because he was he was the primary artist in the first issue, if I remember yes. right. And then two and three, he's been. I think two he was, but I think three to Head Starlin. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. to catch up on another book or not, but. So I prefer to have Starlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Starlin's getting old, so I don't know if he can keep up the pace <laughs> with a monthly book. Yes, sir. Anyway, all right. Well, I think that was that was it. So I'm rough. The key? The key. No. no. That's an animal. The key. Oh. Well, the key, they're kind of animals. Mm. Okay. There you go. That was a cat guy. Walking on. Walking on. Walking on. Walking on. Walking on. Walking on. <laughs> What's that noise that the Tauntauns make around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick to you, Keith. Who'd you take?